What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast. It's the podcast with hot questions and even hotter wings. Wait. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's a, that's another show. Different thing. Different thing. Anywho, uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, in my currently in my rehearsal dungeon, I am Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, in my place where I always am, Dan Ray. We had a bit of a um, a nighttime situation, and I um, we as you were about to experience, um, we had a very special guest, and I didn't want um, toddler insubordination to um, inter- <laughs> inter- interfere with what it, what it is I'm trying to do. I think so. nighttime situation would be a great band name. Oh, yeah, nighttime situation. Mm, Maybe like, like smoky jazz or something, or like a, like a dark wave kind of. Yeah, yeah. Something with lots of like muted arpeggio, totally arpeggiators in totally. the back. Speaking of arpeggiators, I did figure out a way today to plug my um, my guitar into my iPad. Sweet. Um, and so the children uh, have been down in the rehearsal dungeon, um, just making all kinds of racket. Cool. So that's been fun. That's cool. I need to just throw mine on my kid too. I should do that. Yeah, I mean the uh, it's you just use the uh, the camera connector. Uh-huh. Yep. With the wireless, and yeah, it works the wireless dongle. Works just great. Everything. Works just great. And if you guys don't know, um, Moog, uh, their their main mini Moog app is free right now, and uh, man, it sounds amazing. And uh, playing it through a guitar is just next level. Super fun. It's definitely a step up. Yeah. Well, we have both been busy in the uh, the virtual world, haven't we? We have. We've been exploring all of that. I'm actually standing. Well, I'm not standing. I'm sitting in in my my live stream spot with in front of a green screen while I'm podcasting. Oh, don't tell me it's green. It's all pink with colors on it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Having some fun with uh, chroma key and OBS um, doing that kind of thing. Yep. Um, so mine was kind of proof of concept. I did a little bit of a test run in um, on the CBC page, and then I went live with, uh, with members only. Um, found out after the fact that all the stuff that I got right in the CBC test run, I didn't in the actual live oh. spot. Hmm. The main thing was um, assigning the uh, the audio interface. Oh, what what you were mostly hearing was the ro- the 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 mic in the room attached to my um, my camera, which is what not, I was not trying yeah, to do. Not ideal, but you know it it's fine. Yeah. So tell me about yours. You had initially the plan was to do it in an, an empty theater, but so the plans got changed. I was reached out to. I um, it's good to it's good to have good connections in, in, a, in a town. Um, a friend of mine uh is the marketing director for the regional theater company here in town, Triad Stage. Um, and they're a pretty big deal, you know, um, been around for many years and they're right downtown of big theater and uh, it's a prominent piece of the arts, you know, infrastructure here in this town. Um, and they're as shut down as anybody else. And so she was tasked with, um, finding and scheduling and curating, um, online entertainment that they could brand and put out as their own and, and hopefully draw some support, uh, and donations from. And, uh, she reached out to me cause she didn't, um, really know any other solo performer type people. And, um, we booked it for, uh, well, yesterday, Wednesday, the 25th, uh, today's the 26th, Thursday. And, uh, what, what it was going to be was cold iron, right? The duo. And we were going to get together and do it at the theater empty right with her our host and taylor and me set up a long way away from each other i had this whole thing planned out i was going to come in and set it all up myself and wipe down everything that was going to be near her and then at the end of the show she was going to take her mic and her cable and her mic stand and anything else of mine that was within spitting distance and carry that all home and i would see it when i next saw her Um, right all good plan and then that contingency yeah yeah i mean we had just you know good protocols around it that afternoon, the mayor announced uh, shelter in place for Greensboro, and the and the initial news story was that it was starting at five on Wednesday, five that day, with like so it's like four hours notice. Um, and it turned out that that news report um, <laughs> first was up in a indie paper that is highly political, and I'm not a fan of it. Um, and I was like, how did they scoop the city newspaper? Like you can't, like nobody else's website in town is talking about that. And then when the real story came out on the website, it was really Friday. It wasn't that afternoon. It was two days later. Right. Um, but the gears are already in motion to change all those plans because we were not going to mess with that. And um, so we changed it to be just me here from my studio, my office. 
Um, and unfortunately not with Taylor, which is a real bummer because she is both a musician and a waiter <laughs> for a living. Yeah. And so she is doubly screwed. Um, and so, uh, I scrambled and put together how to do a live stream from my desk. I also used OBS and maybe next week we should do like a, let's talk a little about OBS. That's definitely worth digging into. It's an amazing piece of gear. Um, yeah. I, I'm thinking about, I, I, I tried to do a video about it to post on the YouTube channel and, um, audio was a bit of it, a factor. So I'm going to have to reshoot it. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's worth talking about. OBS sure. is an open source broadcasting package that lets you do layovers and, um, scene changes. I actually set myself up with a multi-camera setup, and then at the like moments before going live, I decided to just be too annoying, and I just shot from one camera for the show. Yeah. Um, but I, I had a little ticker going across, you know, um, uh, uh, telethon style across the bottom with my yeah. Venmo and everything, and and you know, I was saying on the on the show and several times throughout the night of it, I had um, you know, I've got a day job, I'm fine, but I'm collecting for other players who are not so lucky. Right. Um, ended up clearing okay money and I passed that on, on now to a couple people, including Taylor in, in my neighborhood here. Um, it was really fun. It was really fun. It was an hour and change, just an hour, eight minutes, I think. And, uh, it was, um, it was weird not to have any audience to bounce energy off of, but I was watching the comments and the live viewer count. So I knew they were out there Yep, and um, it was really good. You know, I wake, I woke up this morning with that same sort of chilled out thing that I have the morning after a good gig. You know, it was it 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 fed whatever part of me that I feed with gigs. It, yeah, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was it was good. It was good. So I'll be doing more of that. Um, I will probably play under the the um triad stage brand again. I mean, the beauty of that, what, what makes it any different from just going live on your own page is that the minute you're on their page, you're at you, you're in front of their 13,000 followers. Yeah. Um, which just changes the complexion of the night dramatically. Yeah. Your, you know. yeah. Your numbers were outstanding. Yeah. It was like 1100 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right, by um, the end of it, as of, as of sometime this morning, I had the, the video had had 1800 view minutes. Something it's like crazy, that, which is big. Um, and it's a function of, it was up on the triad stage page live and then posted there afterward. And, um, you know, an hour plus of cover music, people are going to like dip in and listen their way through it. I don't really expect anyone to sit and listen to all of it. Yeah. Um, you're welcome to listeners, but, sure. uh, uh, it's not what I expect of anyone. And, um, so, you know, it's, I think it's, um, it's a really good opportunity and I'll, I'll certainly take it up again. And I also was able to hook her up with some really great players in the area who uh, I know will just crush it. Um, this guy, um, William Nesmith is a keyboard player, young, uh, black guy. Uh, just, he is the next Stevie wonder. He's incredible. He's incredible. Um, and he's playing on Sunday for her. So very so, cool. So that'll be fun. Well, I, I, I've been seeing a lot of guys in the group uh, posting their live streams, and um, some of them are doing very well, yep. cleaning up and, yep. and, and holding down the fort. So that is fantastic. Now, the, the main uh, push for this episode is uh, we've, got a, we've got an interview with a guy that I've been following since about 2004, 2005. Um, he's a vocal coach, and um, he really doesn't need much of an introduction, but I just wanted to... Uh, uh, say we we had a really fun time uh, talking with him, and uh, we'll go ahead and turn it over to uh, Adam and Dan from another time. What's going on, everybody? So our guest this week is probably most well known for shattering a wine glass using only his voice on an episode of MythBusters. He is a vocal coach who has worked with bands like Dream Theater, I Prevail, and Thriving Ivory. The author of books like Raise Your Voice and Mind Over Music, and the host of the very prolific Sing Better Fast podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jamie Vendera in the house tonight. Thank you for having me. It's funny you mentioned the Sing Better Fast podcast. I um, told my partner, Ben, I, I've hated that name since day one. <laughs> so, but he's, he's finally caved and he's changing it for me. So we're actually, that's why we haven't put out any episodes for a while. We're actually revamping it. But I'm glad to be on here. You know, I don't even know how I, if you friended me or I found you because the name cover band confidential 
that has stuck in my mind since I saw it. I was like, that is the coolest name because I'm about names like Raise Your Voice. Oh, yeah. You know, Mind Ever Music. So I thought that is a really cool name. So I know when you've re- reached out to me, you know, months ago, uh, and again, I apologize it's taken so long, but uh, I always remember Cover Band Confidential. Well, yeah, I mean, branding is definitely something that we talk a lot about yep. in the uh, in our show. And, um, you know, just to give a little bit of backstory uh, on how I ended up running into Jamie, um, I ran into him about the time the whole Mythbusters thing came off, and I bought his book, Raise Your Voice, probably back when I was in college. And it was one of those one of those books that really kind of, like, changed my whole perspective on, like, what singing is and how it should be done. Um and, you know, not to blow smoke or anything in particular, but like there was a particular line in the book that said, you don't have a head voice or a chest voice. You have one voice. And like, I know that doesn't seem like much, but like that whole like mental like switch just like completely changed the way that I do stuff. So um, a lot good. of the reason a lot of the reason why I have the upper range <laughs> that I do is because of the, you know, the stuff that was in that book. Well, you know, I, I had a lesson yesterday with a famous singer from Taiwan, and he'd been studying for years. And I mean, no disrespect to any other coach. But growing up and studying with Jim Gillette and Elizabeth Sabine, uh, I was always taught it was one voice. And that's what I told the singer. Uh, we had a lesson three or four weeks ago, and we had one last night. And he's like, wow, I've been studying for six years, and I can't believe I'm hitting B's and C's in only a couple of weeks because I got out of that head voice, chest voice, bridging, connecting uh, mindset. And again, there's nothing wrong with those terms, but uh, that's just not how I was trained. I was trained to believe that it's all one voice, and it is. It's just gear changes in your voice. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the really good singers, like Tony Harnell from TNT, he's a good friend of mine, uh, we, we have the same philosophy. That's probably how we connected so well together. Uh, you just got to get these um, this type of mindset out of your mind. You can't be thinking that way if you want to extend your range, both up or down. So, you know, the, the, the whole premise around... Um you know, having this conversation with you is that we're in kind of a weird spot and um, there's not a lot of work to be had. So, you know, our thought was, well, let's take this opportunity to focus on um, skills that we can improve or things that we can try that we haven't had time necessarily to do and kind of focus on improving ourselves. And it seemed like having a vocal coach uh, on would be a great way to do that. So um, once again, thank you very much for, uh, for, you know, gracing us with your presence. Um, but let's start from the very, very beginning. So how did you get involved in music? Like, where did it all uh, start? Well, I'm 50. I don't act 50. I'm 16. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I start, I literally, I'm one of those stories where, yes, I did start singing at three. I um, fell in love with Elvis Presley, uh, running through my grandmother's kitchen into her <laughs> bedroom. And uh, Jailhouse Rock was on the record player. And I slid across the floor of my socks and I was entranced. And I just became engulfed with Elvis at that young of an age. And so I, I just stayed in music. You know, I was in choirs and plays. Uh, by the time I was 16, I was in a, a bar band, uh, even when I was in high school, playing out. Let me turn this That's my guitar player trying to contact me, <laughs> probably because I haven't recorded anything tonight. Uh, so I continued on. Um, but by the time I got into playing bars in high school, uh, we played every weekend. We played Friday and Saturday. It was back when you had to do five sets, five 45-minute sets. And yeah. I would wake up the next morning like this. I could barely talk. And I knew nothing about you know vocal technique except you, you know, a few things your, your choir director shows you, like a couple scales. Uh, and I knew I had to do something about it. Because uh, my warm-up at the time, I hate to say this, but was singing Talk Dirty to Me. Because it was the lowest song we did, and honestly, doing a shot of alcohol, and which is a really, really bad thing. You, you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, so then, from there, I moved to LA, studied voice, and it was okay, but I really didn't get exactly what I wanted. Uh, and that's when I uh, found, which I already knew about Night, the band Nitro, but I found Jim Gillette from Nitro, and I was using his vocal power. Went to all their concerts when they came through, cornered him. Um, probably thought I was a stalker, you know, you know, he's twice my size. <laughs> what, what yeah, he's Mike a big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude. Uh, but, um, I just nitpicked his brain <clears throat> so much that years later, uh, when I started a website called the voice connection, he had, uh, f- he found, found out that I was actually trying to reach out and interview him. And he called in my house <clears throat> and, uh, it was so funny. We just got home. And I heard this voice, Jamie, and he's got a super deep voice. And my wife, my jaw hits the floor 
and I haven't seen him in or really talked to him in like 10 or 15 years. And uh, my wife knew it was Jim Gillette because that's the only one person that could call me that my eyes would bug out. <laughs> so I interviewed him and we became good friends. That was like 2001, 2002, something like that. And um, when Mythbusters rolled around, they actually got a hold of him. You know, if you know anything about Nitro, he's famous for shattering wine glasses in the yeah. uh, freight train video. And they wanted him to do it, but he was married at the time and he had two kids. And he emails me. He says, hey, you want to be on TV? He says, it's not a joke. You know, I'm serious about this. And I said, sure. And this actually plays into what this uh, conversation is about tonight. So he calls me up and he says, hey, I want you to be on Good Morning America in my place. You're going to shatter a wine glass with your voice. Uh, and my mouth, he said, do you want to do it? And my mouth said yes, but my heart said no. I was scared to death. But you got to follow it through your fears. You got to take it yeah. head on. And so he said to me, he said, don't worry. I'm in your back pocket. It'll be fine. So we did the show. It was really good. They were really impressed. And that led to Mythbusters. And since then, I've done probably 60, 70 shows around the world. And, uh, you know, I'm an, uh, as you know, I'm an author. I've written dozens and dozens of books and teach voice. So that's kind of how it happened. Very cool. Yeah, for those of you who don't know uh, who he's referring to, Jim Gillette was in a band called Nitro. Nitro um, was Michael Angelo Badio's band. And basically, on the tail end of the whole like hair metal thing, they basically decided, like, well, if hair metal is really high vocals and really fast guitars <laughs> and really technical drums, we're going to do all of those things to the absolute, like, nth degree <laughs> and so it was the highest vocals the fastest guitars the craziest drumming and um those records are just ridiculous ofn and and freight trainer still like I'll, I'll put those on just to like yeah, yeah if you no, want to <laughs> they're humbling for sure well it's funny because jim told me um they had out a record together before that called proud to be loud which was his solo record michael played on it uh, and that was really good it kind of reminded me of any Vincent invasion of like all systems go with mark slaughter yeah. And Nitro, it was. It was just you either loved them or you hated them. There was no in between because they were so over the top, cartoony, just crazy. But that's what the record company wanted. They actually yeah. weren't going to go that nuts. They were going to be more focused on being more like a Vinnie Vincent or something like that, yeah. more radio friendly. But they weren't pushed in that direction. Uh, but hey, that probably got them more noticed than anything. Yeah, for sure. So very cool. So you know, and it's funny because of Jim. <laughs> I have to tell these stories to be cool with it. Um, Absolutely, 19, man. 1996, I never wanted to be a vocal coach. And a friend of mine, uh, this guy named Troy Gregory, called me and he says, dude, how do you sing so high? And I thought about gym scales. And I started talking about those. He said, no, I need you to show me. And I was like, I don't want to teach. So come on over. And I thought about Jim, how he does that. He does that really crazy high slide. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that with Troy. I started on middle C, C sharp, D, and I had him up to an A above middle C, which is like five notes higher than he's ever hit in his life in full voice, in his real true voice. And I said, okay. He says, I'm good because I want to sing Pull Me Under by Dream Theater. And I honestly said, and I teased James about this. I said, ugh, I can't stand that singer. Womp, womp. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but in my defense... I actually fell in love with him a few years later. My drummer kept pushing them on me. I was like, wow, this guy is really amazing talent. And, and then, uh, you know, if anyone knows anything about me, James became my student and I still work with him today. So, you know, I got a lot to thank Jim for. You know, he made me yeah. a vocal coach uh, before after we lost touch. And then he got me on national television and helped me set a, a record that's never been proven. Very cool. Awesome, man. Uh Dan, do you want to hop in on anything? Do you have anything well, you want to ask? Um, you know, I, I will say I do remember that episode of Mythbusters. Um, this is the first, uh, you know, this, this conversation is the first time we're meeting, Jamie. Um, uh, but cool. I certainly remember you from that. And um, and it's good because it did bust the myth for me. I, I did not think that was possible. But uh, well, let me ask you, Dan, after that uh, episode, did you have a wine glass in your house? You started screaming at it. I did. And it did not work. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hollering at a wine glass just didn't uh, get it done. Yeah, I, I've just been hollering at glasses ever <laughs> since. Man. That's all I do. That's all I do. I come home from work, I holler at glasses. Yeah. Well, listen, it's it's really great to um to have you know somebody who can really speak to the 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 technique of singing. I think a lot of our listeners are, I would say, relatively few of them are trained singers like Adam is. More of them are like me, sort of been singing a long time and picked up some stuff that works and gotten to where I can get through a three or four hour night and not sound like a frog in the morning. Um, but 
what I don't know, <laughs> probably fill one of your dozens of books. Um, <laughs> you know, is there anything, where, where would you suggest a, um, an untrained singer who is nonetheless singing a lot? Um, where, where would I start if I wanted to, you know, really, I don't know, is, is there like a bang for the buck or low hanging fruit or where, where would I, where would I start in the world of sort of really training myself? Well, um, the way that I teach, I, I'm not one of those coaches. It's just, it's just me. Uh, I don't believe in a lot of lessons. I've had, you know, record companies hire me and I'll do one or two lessons with a uh, touring rock star and I don't see him again. You don't need to. If it's not broke, you, know, you don't need to fix it. Mm. So, I mean, I keep it real simplistic. Even all the stuff I've written, uh, I still keep it as simple as possible. I would check your breathing. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you videotaped yourself on stage, I would go back and review it and watch how your body moves. If your shoulders raise, then you're probably not getting enough oxygen into your lungs. And then I would say, okay, well, let's have you lay on the ground and put a book on your belly button and inhale. And as you inhale, the book should rise. And as you exhale, it should drop back down because that's how you need to fill that gas tank. And air is the gas that fuels your voice. So you have that little, that muscle called the diaphragm right at the bottom of your ribs. And when you expand it correctly, that's what makes the belly pop out to where it looks like you have a beer belly. Now, uh, I remember working with Terry Luce from XYZ uh, when he was with Great White. Terry's an amazing singer, you know, so, but a lot of times he'll come to me for spot training. That was one of his things. And I said, Terry, you got to breathe like you're breathing into your belly. And he says to me, I can't, I look fat. And I said, quit being a diva. Everyone's <laughs> worried about it. Don't worry about it. I got a picture of me singing with Hender a few years ago because Marshall Dutton's one of my students. And you look on this picture from the side and we both look like we're pregnant. Uh, <laughs> the, way, the way we're breathing. So I would start there. Uh, but then I would have you move uh, directly into warmups. That was the biggest thing for me back in my teens. I was never warming up. That's why I always woke up with a sore throat. Now, uh, something you both of you might not know about me, maybe you do, Adam, is uh, I'm not shattering glass anymore. I'm kind of shying away from it because I was in Tokyo, Japan, and I actually got a piece of glass stuck in my throat. Ooh. And this was this was almost six years ago. And I end up with recurrent laryngeal nerve damage. So my voice literally for almost six years is hoarse every day. And I have really bad pain all day long. Uh, But I survived it. The glass is out. Uh, It's slowly healing. But uh, in that, I always look for the the silver lining in anything. I started searching the internet to find something for me. Even as a vocal coach, there had to be something out there to help me get over some of this pain. And I found this uh, company called Dr. Vokes. And they make this little glass thing and honestly it looks like a looks like a bong <laughs> so it has two two tubes on it and one you can you can suck in the other you can blow out and you put water in this thing and if you just uh hum on it like this you make the water vibrator bubble and that air that hits the water the bubbles will actually travel back up that tube down your throat and massage your vocal cords so um, if it were me, and you probably heard this if you're a singer, everyone's talking about straw phonation and this and that. I've been doing this since the, probably the 80s with aquarium tubes, but I would just go get uh, one of those big, fat, big Bubba straws that are like a half inch in diameter, like nine or 10 inches long. I would stick that in, a, I'd cut one end so it's at an angle. I stick that in into a bottle of water about two or three inches uh, full, and I would just hum on it like this. And I would just do slides to massage your cords. If you did that for like 10 or 15 minutes, you'd be amazed hmm. how amazing your voice feels. So uh, the one I got here is actually not the Dr. Brooks. I actually pushed that company to design one for me so um, so I can carry it around everywhere with me. <laughs> yeah, your product's made of plastic instead of glass, right? That was the whole Yeah, thing. this one is actually uh, it's really high-grade, uh, high-medical, uh, non-BPA silicone. And um, we're actually, you mentioned I prevail. It's funny. I had Dr. Denzoglu. I said, look, I, I can't take the glass one. If I'm still doing glass breaking shows, I want to break it on the plane or something. Would you make me one out of rubber? And something I fit in my pocket, and we'll call it pocket folks. And they did. And then I wasn't happy. So I said, well, make me a bottle, you know, a plastic bottle. And they did. And uh, then I said, well, I want to keep that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so they designed their own for their site, and they designed this one for me. We haven't even launched this yet to the public. We've given away maybe 100 like to um, 
I forget who I've sent one to Miles Kennedy, I believe. Of yeah. course, James Labrie, uh, Tony Harnell, a bunch of these singers I worked with have. Ripper Owens has one. And a lot of these guys are actually using this on tour and calling me and saying, wow, this has been the best tour I've had. James actually called me after they had to leave, you know, with the coronavirus and said, dude, wait till you hear the, uh, the video that we just filmed, you know, for this tour. He says, my voice feels amazing. Mm. And, uh, you know, I want to, I want to pat myself on the back and say it was my training, but it was the bottle, <laughs> <laughs> but I did train him how to use it. No. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That warmups are something that I, that I, um, um, and, you know, I just I keep talking about me because I, I feel like I'm probably a pretty good proxy for a lot of our listeners. You know, um, Adam has talked me into doing some slides on the drive home to cool down with. Good. Um, so I'm doing that these days and that helps. Um, my normal warm up is my first three songs of the set. And no, yeah, dude. I know it's not great. We got to stop that. Um, I actually, we put a lot of times I give a, a lot of stuff away for free. If you're ever on jamievendera.com, you can look in the, the MP3s. A lot of times I'll put some scales up there. But if you have like 10 or 15 minutes, even if you're doing lip bubbles or you're doing it through the straw and you're just doing a couple simple scales or slides, you're really getting the blood flow into your cords and all the surrounding muscles before you hit the stage. Uh, I used to warm up. I used to, you know, I told you, I used to talk dirty to me right. to warm up. But um, if you, if you feel sore on the way home or you feel sore the next morning, then yeah, there's an issue. You're not breathing right. And we didn't really get in support placement, but you know, your breathing could be off. You're not warmed up. You're not cooling down. Uh, maybe you're drinking alcohol uh, as you're singing, and I'm not. Yeah, maybe. To... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I used to do the same thing. You know, I thought peppermint schnapps would clear me out, uh, but it actually dries out your cords. You know, caffeine, uh, you know, will dry you out. The alcohol, smoking, dries you out. And uh, hey, it's rock and roll. So I know, I've been there. I know how much people drink and smoke. But uh, if you're a serious singer. You really got to curb it, you know, and you got to do your warm ups. But I'll give you a tip, Dan, too. Well, both of you um, sip hot water. Take you a big thermos and just leave it on stage. You can have throat coat tea in it or it can be just pure hot water and sip it because that will get some heat into the tissues surrounding the cords, mm. even though it's not touching the cords. And it'll open everything up, get the blood flow so that you do have a better night. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, they think about these these sprays and teas and stuff like that when they don't really realize that like whenever you swallow stuff like all that's all of the tissue kind of pulls away because you're yeah. not supposed to drink through it so um, yeah well you know when you're doing that stuff and i look i love superior vocal health uh throat coat tea uh gargle away and all that and those are great they are really great for when you need them uh but when you're drinking something it's not actually going down Right. Uh, the esophagus, you know, it's not going down to the cords, to the trachea, it's going to esophagus to the uh, stomach. So it's not really wetting your cords. What I do do though, I'll get a one, little like one or two ounce, uh, misting bottle and just put like uh, pure distilled water in it. And I'll keep it with me. Uh, Cause a lot of the places I go, uh, like I've been to China or Japan or India or wherever, if I'm feeling a little dry, I'll keep my pocket, I'll pull it out and I'll just go pss, 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 and I'll go and I'll inhale because you're pulling a little bit of those water molecules down the trachea to coat the cords. Now it's kind of the cheater's way. I mean, you want to drink a lot of water every day. Like if you're a singer, you need at least a gallon, if not two, you know, if you're really, really athletic and you're really moving around a lot on stage, but uh, that little trick there can make you feel uh, a little less of the, um, like the dryness sensation, mm -hmm. which will turn into something like, Oh my God, you know, I'm over, I'm over singing. My cords feel a little funny. And if they're just a little off for a second, uh, we're all such babies. I mean, we're all hypochondriacs. So we're like, oh my God. Especially these days, right? Oh my God. No kidding. Dude, I'm telling you what, with this happening, I was in uh, India for a workshop this time last year in Mumbai, and it is, is the sickest I've ever been from a cold or flu in my entire life. Mm. I don't, I'm not going to say it was India, though my, my, Manager said, I, you know, it could be, but I started feeling a little bad in Pakistan when I had a layover and I got there. And by that night I was burning up, I was sweating, I lost my voice. And then I had to, I had to teach, I had to be on radio and I sounded like uh, Lou Rawls. I mean, everything was down here. <laughs> I, I didn't have no range. And I had like five days before the workshop. I still do not know, even though I'm a coach and all this stuff, I don't know how I pulled that workshop off. You know, a lot of hot water. <laughs> A lot of, a lot of vocal sprays and a, a lot of bearing down and warming up and cooling down. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the, it's, I think it's more of, it's just getting into the ritual. It's just like any, any other routine. You just have to like get used to doing it. 
That's really well. Isn't this the perfect time? I mean, we're exactly we're all all off. So who was I talking to the other day? They're like, uh, oh, I'm not doing one of my private things. I, you know, I've been so busy, and I get up and I got 20 minutes to work. I'm like, dude. That's 20 minutes you can be practicing. Mm-hmm. When I was yeah. a uh, construction worker, I literally did not stay out of town. I was working an hour and 45 minutes away so I could practice my isolation exercises for 90 minutes going to work and 90 minutes coming home. And uh, it did wonders. I, I discovered whistle voice. Uh, yeah, I got so strong I could shatter glass with my voice. So it all came together. But um, when they say, okay, I got to drive, and they say, oh, I can do that. And I say, okay, what time do you get up for work? Well, I get up at six. Well, can you get up at five thirty if you want to work out? Well, no, I need my sleep. Okay, well, we're off now. You can't go to work. So, what time are you sleeping to now? I sleep at the nine a.m. Why? Why don't you get up <laughs> at six a.m. and get you a little diary or put something on writing on the refrigerator? Whatever you got to do, get you one of those big dry erase boards and say, okay, six a.m. to seven, I'm going to warm up and do my vocal exercises. And then I've been trying to record this album for three years. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't have anything to do for the next couple hours because I was sleeping at 9 a.m. So start recording, you know, work on that in the morning. Don't let this time go to waste. Now, I know we're all we're all freaked out. I see it. I see my students losing tours and my local gigging students aren't being able to work. And I know it's tough and it depresses you. But the thing for me with music even if I get a little depressed, when I get into the music, I'm lost in the music. Yeah. It raises my spirits. I feel so much better about myself. So what if we get to go back to work in uh, two weeks or maybe it's a month? What if that time you go back to work and you haven't done a dang thing? Uh, but what if you had and you gained three notes in your voice or you yeah. finished two songs? Look at the accomplishments you can make and you can set that routine into stone so that when you do go back to work, you're like, oh, I will get up a half hour early and do this, and I will sing in the car on the way to work, and I'll sing on the way home. It's about that diligence, you know, about sticking to that routine, like you said. 100%. Well, like, I guess kind of like zooming out big picture, like, what is some, I mean, you you talk with people all day long, you're, you're with different types of artists from all different walks of life and all different periods of their careers. Like, what is one thing that most singers get wrong? Uh, honestly, it's, um, the way it's the technique, not just breathing, but we talk about support and placement. So when you breathe, there's so many fallacies out there. And then now I say this, I want to get scalded because some people don't believe like I do, <laughs> but I get this. I actually have this uh, methodology and it's, uh, I've ran it through doctors that I work with and they said, yes, uh, for me, the breathing, the supporting and the placement. So what I mean is you breathe, that belly comes out like we talked earlier. Then you have to support the tone so you don't lock in the throat. And how do you do that? You bear, you actually push down like you're going to the restroom. Um, now, I tell a lot of singers this old man joke by saying, now, listen, if you fart, I'm not going to laugh because I've heard rock stars pass gas. But that's what you got to do. You got to bear it down. Now, when I say that, people say that, oh, that's brute force. It's not. It's not brute force. You're not you're not grunting. You're keeping that diaphragm down. It's not relaxing as quickly. So you're not using as much air. Uh, So you're supporting the tone. And it's just like for me, it's like a gas pedal. So when I can train people to do that, they realize it's taking a big load off of their voice because most people, when they go to hit a high note, they they squeeze and they crack and they sound like a duck and you see the veins popping out on their necks. That's because their bodies are trying to uh, adduct that note on the cords from squeezing with the neck muscles. But if we learn to bear down so we're not using as much air pressure, uh, we won't feel that uh, necessity to actually squeeze as much and everything will fall into balance and then the voice will be released. You're going to feel what's called your placement. You're going to feel this buzz in the roof of your mouth and your voice is going to sound much bigger so that i know i probably said a lot and i'm talking but i love i love this stuff it's really great i'm passionate about teaching but that's what it is about nine out of ten singers i see it's always something messed up with that technique you know something's off breathing the supporting the placing and once we fix it they understand why it's all the one voice you don't hear a, a huge warble between that old term of chest voice to head voice. You know, you feel like it's one voice and you don't notice any break because your technique is in check and everything's balanced and you're using the muscles correctly. Very cool. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's singing to me always felt like I was, I, I was like singing's like pitching, you know, there's a matter of, you know, okay, there's a particular like 
process and there's like emotion and there's muscles involved and things, but really it, it, it has more to do with like where, like where your head's at than it, it does like lots of other factors Absolutely. and, um, and just being able to like, you know, like kind of what your books talk about in the way that you kind of approach things that like, once you kind of get the technique things and all of that figured out, then you can just kind of like let that process happen. I think a lot of us as vocalists are in our own heads a lot about, you know, well, you know, I did this today and, you know, whatever, lots of these extenuating factors that really have nothing to do with the, you know, physiology of what you're doing, but still affect the way that you perform or the, you know, the way that you sound. Yeah. I I think it's really, I think it's really dead on. I think it's that way about a lot of things that live in muscle memory. Like at some point the, the how of it disappears and, and there's, you know, you can pay your attention to other things or not, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's so true. You know, the funny thing, uh, since, uh, since red raise your voice at the very end, I say now, Everything we talked about in this book, I want you to forget it and go do your thing. So I know I made a lot of people mad. What? I just read 400 pages and that's what you're telling me. <laughs> so, you know, it, it is true. Uh, if you practice uh, in repetition, these techniques become second nature. And then when you go on stage, you, you got to be in that zone. You got to let the mind take over. You got to have that muscle memory take over and, and enjoy the experience. We don't want to go on stage and have studied voice and make it feel so technical that we're worried about every little issue. And I know we worry. I said it earlier because we are physical instruments and anything can affect us. You could have an argument with your girlfriend. You could be uh, sleeping in an air conditioner and it made you a little stuffy. Uh, you could be tired from not getting any sleep or maybe you, you drank too much soda. Uh, there's so many things that do affect the voice. But in the end, you can, if you strength train enough, uh, even with all those factors against you, if they all came against you, if you get that mind over uh, matter focus and just go out and have fun, everything should fall into place. And do this like that for me every time I do a TV show. I am so scared every time I go to shatter my first wine glass. It's in my head. I don't know why. I, I visualize a show. I know I'm going to do really good. But uh, in the back of my mind, it's always saying, you're not going to break it. You're not going to break it. And as soon as I finally break that first really difficult wine glass, all the others are so much easier. It's like I can blow so many up and it's, it's, it's just, it's fun then. <laughs> so that's what it's about having fun. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I've got, uh, I guess another kind of big picture question, but it's like, and, and Dan kind of, I guess alluded to it a little bit at the beginning, but like, what is one thing that everyone who's listening can do to immediately improve, uh, how they sing? Okay, I'm going to show you something. And um, first, we have to get you to relax. So I got a really weird exercise, and it'll teach you placement, and it'll teach you to relax. So have you you ever watched Star Wars? Yeah, sure. Okay, so Chewbacca. (laughs) And I'm not rolling my tongue. I can't roll my tongue. It sounds like that. I'm actually (laughs) hitting the uvula that little dangly thing that hangs down the back of your throat with a streamlined air and it's bouncing off the roof of my mouth. Now where I feel it in the roof of my mouth is where we would experience what's called placements. Uh, once your body adapts to that, uh, the neck muscles start to loosen up a little bit. Uh, but this is really important for screamers, uh, just as much as singers, because when you, when you get that sensation, um, then you know where you should feel the scream. So a lot of uh, people do grit or whatever. They'll go, and they squeeze down in the throat. So, hey! Now, when I did that, it was it was bouncing in the same spot as uh, doing the Chewbacca. So, hey, I want you two to try it. Just, oh, Adam, you better get this because you read my book. No, no, no that's that's <laughs> yeah. Now I'm terrified. I know. This is this is one of those do as I say, hey, do as I do. Listen, if, it go, if you sell, I don't care. I just want to hear. I want everybody who's listening to this to do. It. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my sounds like. Hey, that's still that's a good start. Here's me. Now, Here's me going. To... No, that's pretty good, Dan. Uh, Let me see if, if you made that down. a game. If you made it a game and went around, you'll get it. it sounds very soothing. But it does, and it you feels that, soothing. It's you could put that in like an ASMR video. You know, people, people could study to it. So, um, if you can't get it for anybody who's listening. Uh, get you a, a glass of water, uh, warm water, room temperature. I don't want cold water. We don't want to shock the, the voice. We want to tighten up the muscles. Take a big swig. Don't swallow it. Lean your head back and gargle like you normally do. So like, I don't have no water.
monitors. I'm doing that. And when you feel that sensation, it feels relaxing, and you play with that for like a week. Next week, you're going to not tilt your head back so far, just a little bit back and half the water. So what you're trying to do is go from your head way back in a lot of water, and next week, you're moving your head up, less water, moving your head up, less water, to eventually your head's straight up back in the same position it should be when you're relaxing and you're not using any water. So it may take you a month or so to actually get that sound because it is tough. But I promise you, if anyone watches this and thinks, man, that guy talks like he um, should be an auctioneer because I, I can't shut up. <laughs> I'm talking so fast. But if they, they take any way, thing away from this and they would just practice going, so they can get that, they will thank me because they'll be like, wow, my voice feels like I had a massage. Uh, my resonance sounds bigger. Uh, and suddenly I, I feel more warmed up. It was easier to sing this journey tune or this Bon Jovi tune or whatever, whatever you're working on. Now, that, of course, that's just one part of it, but that will help your voice for sure. Well, you, you managed to uh, embarrass the, the two hosts of the podcast that uh, <laughs> came on to interview. <laughs> so that good job. Good job with that, I suppose. Um, <laughs> no, it was great. Oh, man, that was wonderful. No, I'm the one who should be embarrassed. I'm talking too fast, but... <laughs> no, it's all good. Well, we, 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 we're coming to you to ask about what you think about things. So yeah. this is exactly what we were looking exactly. for. Well, what's running through my mind is like, man, I was supposed to do this months ago. So I got to get it all out. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good, man. <laughs> that was my like, wife upstairs. So, I mean, you know, those are really the things that we wanted to... to I wanted to kind of reach out to you. I, I want to say, you know... Just personally, like your your book really did change the way that I sang. And, um, you know, I have been able to build the career that I have built um, doing doing singing because of the things that you wrote in that book, you know, way, way back. And um, I just wanted to, you know, this is uh, very rarely do people get the opportunity to, like, talk to a person who made a big impact on them and, and personally thank them. So, um, well, no, Adam, I'm very humbled. Uh, you know, I, I never set out to be a coach or write a book and it just kind of happens. It wasn't, uh, nothing I planned and now I'm addicted. You know, I'm, I'm constantly writing books, but it's just part of the creative process. But anytime someone tells me that book, which came out in, uh, 2004, uh, people are still buying it and still loving it. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, I'm thankful that I've helped anybody uh, to help achieve their dreams and, you know, go on to get signed or, or play the clubs every weekend and just enjoy music and not be so stressed out about their voice, not being there. Uh, that was the entire goal. I wanted it for me and I wanted to share it with the world. Well, I mean, and, and that's kind of what this, this whole podcast has been about for us. It was, you know, we, we didn't really come here to, be podcast hosts. Yeah. It was more of, you know, we we were looking for something um, as musicians who kind of had a business mind on how we could take this, what some people just do just for fun and run our bands like businesses. And part of what that is, 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 is looking for opportunities to improve ourselves and to, you know, um, find new things to, to practice and improve on. And, and this just seemed kind of like a, a no-brainer. Um, a couple of months ago, I posted a video on our YouTube channel about, you know, things that you can do to get more work. And the main takeaway from that is if you are an instrumentalist, you should be singing. And if you aren't, like that's a big, that's a big issue, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And, and it's, it's honestly part of the reason why I've been able to work as much as I have because I'm an instrumentalist who, you know, I don't know if I'm a singer who plays guitar the other way around, but I am functionally competent at both of those things. And so regardless of what you need, you know, that versatility is important. No, I, and, I absolutely agree. Because even if you're not a lead vocalist, you're doing harmonies. Yep. And it's actually kind of how I started. I, I was a keyboard player, sax player, flute player. And when I joined uh, my first, uh, you know, gigging band, these guys were a lot older than me. So I was very shy and I was just playing, uh, you know, piano for them. I had a Yamaha DX21 and Moni Moni was pretty popular at the time. And um, one day at rehearsal, I said, do you mind if I sing it? And uh, they said, sure, you can sing a song. And I sang it and everybody got real quiet. And uh, the rhythm guitar player, Billy Massey, looked at me and he says, you've been holding out on us. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm singing dozens and dozens of songs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so you never run out of work. And another thing I can say, because I know we're in trying times, <clears throat> I, I have this philosophy. Uh, there are millions and millions of singers, but there are only thousands of vocal coaches. So 
I'm always supporting other vocal coaches. You know that from reading, reading Raise Your Voice. I support yeah. a lot of coaches. They don't, they don't even teach the same style as I do. You know, James Lugo, Brett Manning, a lot of these guys. Uh, and I'm cool with that. Um, I'm cool. You need to make a living. So everyone's tight with money right now. So not everyone's going to be into lessons, but somebody will. Somebody will want to work with you. And if you're a singer and you're, you're knowing warm-ups or you study my stuff, there's nothing wrong with you teaching on Skype, you know, telling all your friends local or, you know, getting on your Facebook page, say, Hey, you know, so it says I can't play out or I can't work in my studio. I'm actually teaching on Skype now. And a lot of people haven't really discovered that avenue. And I've been doing it for a dozen years, you know, since Skype got really big. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there are ways to kind of help you get by and, uh, we're all in it together to support each other. So I really encourage all of you to teach if you can, uh, work on your skills don't sleep in and be lazy every morning if you're off of work right now. Actually do your work. And if you're working on your voice, sip hot water when you're warming up. Use that straw uh, thing I told you about or get you a, a Dr. Vokes device, a pocket Vokes, and <laughs> practice your Chewbacca's. Awesome, man. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Jamie Vendera. Um, you can hit him up on his website, www.jamievendera.com. He also has an online community uh, under the Vendera Vocal Academy. You can find out more information about that at venderavocalacademy.com. We'll, um, we'll post all of these links in the show notes. Is there any other uh, way that uh, people can get in touch with you, man? Uh, that's the main, uh, VenderaPublishing.com if they want to read a lot of books. I actually write a lot of fiction, too. Um, DrVokes.us is coming up, D-O-C-T-O-R-V-O-X.us. Uh, but I'm, I'm partnering with Brian Burkheiser from I Prevail because Brian, like me, he didn't get glass in his throat. But if you if you follow I Prevail, you know, he had uh, some problems with his cords. He had to have surgery. Yeah. And then um, they the management called me. He found me on YouTube after going to other coaches after his surgery. Nothing was helping. And he consumed every video I had on there. He actually bought the, his Dr. Vokes. So when we had our first Skype lesson. Boom. There it was. And I smiled. I said, oh, you need vocal, uh, you need superior vocal health spray. Boom. There it was. It, it blew my mind. So then I, of course, I flew to Detroit to work with them as they were recording the trauma record. Uh, but uh, he believes in me so much and this product so much that we are launching it within the next few weeks. And that's not really awesome. why I come on here. I didn't come on here to promote that. But no, 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 no. I'm, but I'm, I mean, a, I'm not a good self-promoter. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> hawking. We're, we're all about it. Yep. All about it. And, and I mean, I prevail have literally had, you know, the biggest year of their career over the past, you know, 12 months. And, and, you know, you were tangentially, you know, a big part of that because they've been playing these big stages and that record's been doing really well. And, um, I mean, I, I, I've, I, I saw some of the, the footage that, you know, when you were on the road with them and just some of the bigger festivals they were doing last year. Yep. So, I mean, it's not nothing. Um, and I think that's, mm -hmm. that's a fantastic idea because they have such a wide audience right now that, you know, you'll be able to, um, reach a lot more people, especially through that avenue. Yeah, well, I'm Based proud on... of it. I mean, touring, touring with a band, that's what I like to do. Or when I, a lot of times I don't tour, I'll go to like work with James uh, when Dream Theater comes through. But uh, touring with him and actually working with Dylan and Eric and Brian. And when I'm there, I'm like the, the older dad. And I'm like, come on, get your ass in here. Let's do these. Uh, I'll rephrase that. Get your butt in here. <laughs> you need to edit it. Um, no, we're good. Let's do, the, no, no. let's do these vocal exercises. And, um, of course I know what well, Brian has it, but Dylan, Eric, if you're listening, I know you guys aren't doing your vocal exercises. So you're in trouble when I come back out on the road. Tea has you. been spilled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now this is, yeah, this is going to be on front page of Blabbermouth, you know, the end That's of this good. week. Jamie Bandero trash talks, Eric. <laughs> Jamie Bandero's beef with I prevail revealed. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, you're in trouble. <laughs> That's how they roll. <laughs> yeah no they're they're great you know what they would be perfect to be interviewed for you because you're pushing uh you know helping bands uh, achieve and think about like a business and i'm telling you i've never seen a group of guys actually work a band like a business and that is what steve and brian and dom all everybody's involved in the band that's what this is the facebook ads making sure they sell out every concert they go to they realize that this is how they're going to make their living we need to run it like a business 100 so in, we got to get beyond that i want to be a rock star you know you you want this to be a career you know, if that's what, if you love music and you want to do what you want to do, it's more about just writing a song and throwing a video on YouTube. You really have to support. You got to build your fan base. You you got to do Facebook ads. You got to uh, get people to follow you to every city that you go. Hundred percent. 
Well, Jamie, thanks again so much for uh, for for talking with us, and you know we hope that uh, spreading this information and uh, getting some more awareness for what you're doing uh, benefits our community as a whole. So uh, once again, can't thank you enough. Well, I thank you. I appreciate having me on, and um, I hope that this has helped anybody. And you know what? If you have any questions, I answer texts, I answer emails. I'm more than happy. Uh, for any of you listening to email me and ask a question, if you're curious about uh, which book will be best for you, or if you're having a little vocal issue and you're wondering what it is, I, I've done that since day one when I started uh, being on the internet and pushing Raise Your Voice way back all those years ago, and I haven't stopped. I always try to answer everybody. Guys, Jamie Vendera is terrifyingly approachable and accessible. <laughs> I cannot stress this enough. I got this interview's literally by dming him so you know he 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 is paying attention and and he's a great great resource so um you know all jokes aside uh if you do have questions please hit him up uh if you can absolutely awesome thanks ma'am thank you well there you have it jamie vandera everybody amazing super amazing we had a good time uh learn some stuff uh I'm going to work on that Chewbacca thing for sure. I probably will too. <laughs> Mine was pretty dire. Yep. And we, we apparently have the time to do it. So yeah, yeah, might true. as well. That's true. That's true. Well guys, and, and he'll uh, be all over us if we don't at this point. hundred so, percent. Yeah. yeah. Cause we're, like I said, he's, he is accessible. Yep. So, uh, thanks for tuning in you guys. I hope that was helpful to you. Uh, we will be back again next week with something. <laughs> Not quite sure what it'll be, but yep. till then keep the faith. Yep. <laughs> So uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 95? 95. 95. Wash your hands. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you want to help us, be sure to share us with your friends, follow us on social media, and if you haven't already, please leave a review for us on the podcast platform of your choice. Facebook.com slash Coverband Confidential, Instagram at Coverband Confidential, and Twitter at Coverband Confid. If you have any questions, please email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com and consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Coverband Confidential. And for more info, check out www.coverbandconfidential.com. <laughs>